0: Hello, and welcome to Reddit Rewind, where we cover the most ridiculous stories on Reddit. Now today we have some pro-revenge stories for you that deal with the workplace. The girl Friday with the PhD takes over the business from ungrateful owner. This is a long tale. It is also a textbook case of why you don't abuse loyal associates. My spouse was the second person hired at a consulting company in a very specialized industry. In her 15 years with the firm, it grew to a respectable three office, eight to ten employees at each location entity. She and the owner grew the business on the contacts, expertise, and presentation of my wife. To the extent that my wife's abilities and education were the main reason new business came through the door. Over the years, her scope of responsibility grew so that the owner was basically 75% absent and most unaware of the day-to-day activity. As he got more and more removed from the business, he would make overtures that he would eventually retire and sell her the business. He was so dependent on her income generating that he took out a life insurance policy on her. I did not involve myself too much, but at a major industry dinner party I attended with her, he introduced my wife to the table as my girl Friday. Basically, a secretary, which was weird. Over the years, she tried to get an agreement in place to buy the firm. Even if it was years away, he always delayed and made promises but never followed through. I told her, this guy doesn't respect you or your contribution. He will never sell you the business because there is no reason to. He can make more money by stringing you along and essentially, you are the business. Why would he sell it to you? One day out of the blue, my wife received a raise and a bonus, a very minor amount of money, and a contract that included a non-compete, non-disclosure agreement. After reading it, she realized that the owner was trying to lock her down from leaving for another firm. She had been getting feelers from other companies. To make things even more suspicious, she received a call from a competitor who said that they were in the final stages of due diligence and they wanted to meet her. The a-hole was selling the company and didn't think to tell her or ask if she was interested in buying it. She ignored the agreement and there were no other agreements in place. She was totally free. My wife is extremely loyal, and she has missed so many special days working for this guy, stuck around when they were wobbly, even skipped paychecks when there were tough financial times. She was furious, the absolute maddest I've ever seen her. We discussed starting her own firm, and I asked, how much business is contractually obligated to stay there if you leave? It turned out that most agreements were either handshakes or 30 day at will. I also asked how many would leave with you. She said about 75%, including her biggest source of revenue, who didn't even know the owner. In a very short time, my wife took a three-week vacation. She had months of unused time, during which she rented an office in the same building and made all the arrangements to set up a new shop. She agreed to leave any and all company property behind and to do her best to give the old company no obvious ammo for litigation. She called her clients and said, I'm leaving. If you want to look into relocating your account with my new company, you'll need to quit the old one before we can discuss it. Moss understood the implication. While she was on vacation, she received a panic call from her boss. We lost XYZ company. Do you know anything about it? She said, I'm sorry, but I just sent you an email. I've resigned. All my keys and company stuff is on my desk. Bye-bye. The new firm took basically 90% of the business and seamlessly transitioned into the same company as it was before, but with a new owner. Even most of the office staff would come aboard. Within a year, her old company closed down except for the small office her boss ran. She sees him once in a while and he just scowls at her. Classic revenge story of why you don't treat your employees poorly. This was a fantastic revenge story. She just stole the business right out from underneath them after he broke all his promises because she was the business. So good on her and good on her husband for supporting her and helping her through this trying time. So guys, I looked in the comments section and found a few posts that uh, resonated with me. What a great story. Your wife proved she was the main reason the old business prospered. She done a great job. Yes, yes, she did. Fantastic job. Again, chapeau, well done. Our next comment. That's pretty impressive. A pro-revenge indeed. But more about self-preservation than malice. Um, that I don't know if I agree with. I think part of it was self-preservation, but in this case, I think, cause this guy had been stringing her along so long and she was the business and he kept belittling her with comments like, my girl Friday, no, this this was, uh, I think it was motivated by malice to a certain degree. So our next comment, this is so beautifully executed. All the kudos to your wife. She's a damn boss. Yes, yes, she is. And our last comment, that is such a power move. That was a power move. Great story. Treat your employees like the way they should be treated and know how much they are worth. Because one day, they could just take it from you if you don't know what you're doing. And on to our next story. We have an example of why you shouldn't prank your teachers, because in the end, they usually get the last laugh. Students pranked me. I had the last laugh. I spent about 10 years teaching high school humanities as a small private school. For my first two years, I didn't have a classroom, just a small office. I would bring what I needed for each class on a cart and go from room to room, depending on which teacher had a prep at any given time. This was incredibly inconvenient, and not being the most organized of teachers to begin with made things difficult to keep track of. There were a group of 11th grade boys who decided to make things a little more difficult for me. They were good kids, we got along well, I coached several of them on the school soccer team, but they decided that since my office would often be empty, it was a great place to prank. It was never anything too serious, just things falling over when I opened the door, or things disappearing for a day and then turning up in a different place the next day. Nothing was ever damaged, and I could never prove who it was, even though I knew. My school had a mandatory final exam in each academic course. I didn't really think they were necessary, so I would generally make them pretty easy with a lot of preparation. I would give out study sheets and play review games for a couple of weeks before the test, and there was no reason the students wouldn't do well on them. I had approval of admin to do this as they weren't particularly fond of the final exam rule either. It was a school board policy. A few nights before the offending boys had their exam, I had a brainwave. I created a second exam. Gone were the multiple choice questions and obvious things from the review sheets. In their place came detailed questions about concepts that were briefly mentioned in class. Essay question after essay question ambiguous questions with no clear answers, definitions of words that there was no way they knew. It took a couple of hours, but I laughed the whole time. When the test came, I had the special exams at the bottom of the pile and handed them out to each of the four or five boys. I told my vice principal what was happening and he insisted on being present. I started the timer and watched as the boys flipped over their papers. It was all I could do to keep a straight face. Eyes went wide, heads were shaking, panic was setting in, especially as they saw their classmates flying through their exams. One of the boys raised their hand. Sorry, no questions during the final. You should be prepared based on your study sheets. I let them go for about five or ten minutes of terror before I gathered the fake tests and gave them the real ones. They all passed with flying colors and never pranked my office again. It was glorious. Yeah, so this was a prime example of why you really shouldn't prank your teachers, because in the end, they really will get the last laugh. So going through the comments section, I found a post that told of another story that was quite similar to this one, and I thought I'd read it, because it too was entertaining. So here we go. I had a professor in college do something similar. She held a review period after classes were over where she went over key concepts of what would be on the exam at the end of the semester. She was horrified that only four of her 28 students showed up as she knew that the students that didn't show up were the ones that needed a lot of help. She told us four students at the end of the exam period she highly recommended we read the instructions on the front page very carefully. The day of the exam came and she passed out a packet of papers. This exam looked beastly. It had at least 15 pages of organic chemistry problems on it. She told us that we had 30 minutes to complete this exam. Knowing that only four of us showed up to the review, she knew the rest of the class would just scramble to answer all the problems and not read the instructions. The instructions were three sentences. At first glance, it looked like the generic read each question carefully and either bubble in your answer if multiple choice or clearly write out the flow of the reaction, etc., etc. The last sentence instructed us to flip to the back page and only complete what was on that page. The back page was the easiest 10 or so questions she'd given us all year. And the last question asked us to draw out our favorite animal and that the best artist would get an additional two points added to our final grade for the entire class. It was hilarious to see the other students freak out that a couple of us had already started turning in our papers after the 15-minute mark. Yeah, so again, a classic example of why don't mess with your teacher. They get the last laugh, do what they say, learn the material, show up to the things, do the extra credit, and... Most often or not, unless the teacher is really bad or a real jerk, you'll do well in the class. So, what do you guys think about those two uh, teacher stories? Have anything similar happened to you guys? Please let us know in the comments. Okay guys, that's it for today. Please leave your comments down below. Let us know what you thought. And don't forget to like and subscribe. Till next time.